this is Kara Foster from First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Madisonville, Kentucky, and you're listening to our sermons podcast. And if you want to find out more information, you can connect with us at www.madisonvilledisciples.org or come in person at 1030 College Drive, uh, Madisonville, Kentucky. Subscribe and enjoy these podcasts. Well, I've been working my way through these unsung heroes of the Bible, talking about stories even I haven't spoken much or ever about in a Sunday morning worship. And today's unsung hero is Rahab, a Canaanite woman who did a pretty heroic thing for the people of Israel. When God promised Israel their promised land, there was one not so small problem with that in that there were people already living in that promised land that were not thrilled to see Israel move into the area. And Joshua is leading the people of Israel and he sends some spies to Jericho to spy on this Canaanite city. And Rahab ends up protecting these spies and ultimately helping Israel to defeat the Canaanites. And I'm going to read this morning from the book of Joshua in chapter 2, 16 verses. I know it's long, but I wanted you to get an idea of the full scope of this story. So read along with me if you're able in Joshua chapter 2. Then Joshua, son of Nun, sent two men secretly from Shittim as spies, saying, Go, view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab and spent the night there. The king of Jericho was told, Some Israelites have come here tonight to search out the land. Then the king of Jericho sent orders to Rahab, Bring out the men who have come to you who entered your house, for they have come only to search out the whole land. But the woman took the two men and hid them. And then she said, True, the men came to me, but I did not know where they came from. And when it was time to close the gate at dark, the men went out. Where the men went, I do not know. Pursue them quickly, for you can overtake them. She had, however, brought them up to the roof and hidden them with the stalks of flax that she had laid out on the roof. So the men pursued them on the way to Jordan as far as the fords. As soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. And before they went to sleep, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that dread of you has fallen on us, that all inhabitants of the land melt in fear before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before when you came out of Egypt. And when you did to the two kings of the Amorites that were beyond the Jordan, to Sion and Og, whom you utterly destroyed, as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted, and there was no courage left in any of us because of you. The Lord your God is indeed God in heaven and above on earth below. Now then, since I have dealt kindly with you, swear to me by the Lord that you in turn will deal kindly with my family. Give me a sign of good faith that you will spare my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and deliver our lives from death. The men said to her, Our life for yours. 
If you do not tell this business of ours, then we will deal kindly and faithfully with you when the Lord gives us the land. And then she let them down by a rope through the window, for her house was on the outer side of the city wall, and she resided within the wall itself. She said to them, Go toward the hill country so that the pursuers may not come upon you. Hide yourselves there three days until the pursuers have returned, and then afterward you may go your way. So let's start with the part of the story that is not rated PG. Rahab was a prostitute. I can't tell you how many writings and commentary this week that referred to her over and over again as a harlot or worse. And I'm mindful that the house that the men ran to was exactly the house that you're picturing in your mind. It was that kind of establishment. But when we read Rahab's story, I hope that we will read within this story a sense of the context and the history of what it meant to be a woman in her time and place, where women just couldn't go out and have a job and a career. There was no educating girls or women. Their lives were entirely dependent upon the male relatives in their life. And so I, for one, happen to read into this story that perhaps... Rahab's occupation is less something she chose for herself and more something that has just happened to her. No matter what, she is a woman who is living in brokenness and shame and hurt and sin. And because of her profession, she would be an outsider in her own society. In verse 15, it tells us that she's living on the outskirts of the city, literally living on the city wall. She's an outsider in the red light district of Jericho. And here she is, an outsider to Israel. And Israelite spies come running to her door, and she takes them in, and she hides them on her roof. And when the king of Jericho gets word that there are spies in their midst. They come knocking on Rahab's door, and she says, yes, they were here, but they've just left. If you could head that way, maybe you could catch up with them. She lies. She protects them. They go on running their way to look for, her, look for them, and Rahab runs back up to the roof and tells Israel's spies what she's done. And she tells them that she knows in her heart of hearts that the God they worship is something, and that she believes, and she believes also that God has blessed them and that this land will be theirs, that God is on their side, and she asks in return for protecting them right now that if they would protect her life and her family's life. And I didn't read that part of the story, but they end up telling her to put a part of this rope that she uses to lower the men down outside the city walls up in her window so that when the battle happens, her family will be protected and they'll know that's her house and avoid destroying it. And so she lowers the men down by this rope. She hangs the rope in the window. The battle happens and Rahab's family is saved and the rest of the walls come tumbling down as the song goes. Rahab was brave, courageous, smart, wise, but I didn't 
tell this story today simply to remember her courage and her bravery. I wanted to share her story with us today because Rahab is a hero who does not look the part. She's a woman, a woman with a past, a woman who is living in sin and shame, and she's an outsider to the people of Israel. She's an outsider even to her own people, literally living on the edges of her society. Sometimes I think we forget that. Sometimes I think we tell ourselves that God is in the business of helping only the VIPs of the world. And if you remember anything from this sermon today, I hope it's that you remember that God used broken woman with a past, Rahab. God used Rahab's life. And I hope we know that. I hope we remember that. God is not in the business of helping only the people who deserve to be helped. That sometimes I think we sort of begin to say, you know, maybe it's um, only the people with the perfect family and the 2.5 smiling kids and the dog that never misbehaves, the people that only have nothing but job promotions and awards to talk about on social media. Those are the people God blesses. And we tell ourselves, you know what, if I could just get my act together, I could maybe one day get off the bench and onto the playing field. But that's not how it works. That's not how it works. There's this sort of a silly story, um, but I've never forgotten it when I heard him say it, by one of my heroes that I've told you about time and time again, Father Gregory Boyle, who started Homeboy Industries out in L.A. And it's a ministry to help people leave the life of gangs behind. And as needed, this Homeboy Industries has started lots of businesses to help provide people with jobs. Uh, businesses like Homegirl Cafe that they have. And Father Gregory says, this is what he describes, Homegirl Cafe. He says, where women with records, young women from rival gangs, and waitresses with attitude will gladly take your order. So that's Homegirl Cafe. And he told this story that one time, in walks Diane Keaton, the actress, with some of her friends to have lunch at Homegirl Cafe. And the server walks up to Diane Keaton and she looks at her and she says, I know you from somewhere. I know we've met before. You look so familiar, I can't figure it out. And, and he says, Diane Keaton was sort of politely demurring, waiting for the inevitable. Uh, were you in that movie moment? And uh, the server's trying to figure it out. And finally the server said, oh, I know now, we were locked up together, weren't we? <laughs> Church, we serve a God who takes down the lines of division between movie star and inmate. We serve a God who can take our story of brokenness and shame and regret and turn it into a story of God's grace and mercy in our lives. We serve a God who doesn't see outsider or insider, a God who changes our stories and makes them something beautiful. Rahab, 
Our unsung hero today risked her life to protect Israel, to follow God, and her life had been filled with brokenness and shame, but it was not the end of her story. It wasn't the end of her story. Just this week, I was talking to someone about camp, and I had remembered a camper I met at Camp Kumbaya decades ago when I was a college student. And this camper in high school, she was struggling. She'd done a lot of death and loss in her young life, none of it her fault. She was highly depressed, and she was hurting herself physically, self-mutilation. And I knew that not long after that camp, she actually went and spent some time in an inpatient mental health hospital to get some help. And her church and her ministers were a big part of helping her on her healing journey. And the amazing thing about this is that she now today is at that same hospital as their staff chaplain. She spends every day ministering, reaching out, encouraging other young people who were hurting just like she was. And I think back to that hurting girl wearing long sleeves and pants at camp in July, trying to literally hide the wounds of her pain. And now she is speaking from those scars that have healed, using that experience to help other young people find their way in life. Because it wasn't the end of her story. And I look at all of you here today, mindful of you who are watching online behind screens, maybe listening on the radio in your car today, and you might feel like an outsider in your own life. Sometimes, some way, you might feel like you are so broken, so messed up, that you wonder, if you wonder if it's ever possible. And you may well know what it's like to live with such regret over the past that it feels like you have a two-ton elephant on your shoulders each and every day. And if that is you or when that is you, I want to invite you to turn to chapter 1 in Matthew and read this very beginning from the Gospel of Matthew. It's the part you've always skipped over. It's the genealogy. It's the ancestor section. It's the begot section, as I call it. So-and-so begot so-and-so begot so-and-so begot so-and-so. But there, in verse 5, it says this. Salmon begot Boaz by Rahab. Rahab. That house in the red light district of Jericho was not the end of her story. And I wonder, I wonder why Matthew, at the very beginning of his gospel, took the time in a long, long list of names, most of whom are men. Why did he write, why did he want to make sure we knew that a Canaanite woman with a past 
was an ancestor to the Savior of the world. Amen. <laughs>